Bright Sounds, the voice of Brightworld. Hello and welcome back to Bright Sounds, the voice of Brightworld Guardianships and our podcast. I'm Lana Foster, Managing Director of Brightworld, and I'm joined today by two really special guests from Sidcot School. First, Joe Lacey, who's the Deputy Head Pastoral. Hello, lovely to be with you, Lana. Thank you for inviting us. No problem. And Amandine Smilevich. How did I get that right? Yeah, Amandine Smilevich. It is always a bit complicating. Um, complicated having a French name, uh, first name and Russian surname. So you've done really well. Oh, thank you. And you're the head of boarding there at Sidcot School. Yes, correct. And welcome to both of you. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Um, so the subject of the podcast um, and I'm, why I've invited you along is because you are one of the UK boarding schools who has, despite the lockdown and the closure of schools and classrooms across the UK since January, you have remained open with open arms for international borders. And uh, I've been, I receive, you know, emails and communications from schools every day. And Sidcot School particularly has really jumped out at me, uh, particularly in, you know, throughout the pandemic, actually, but particularly during this, this lockdown, because your emails and communications are, they have a very welcoming vibe, a very strong vibe a very reassuring vibe. And um, I just wanted to sort of invite you along because you struck me as a school that, you know, we really want to, to talk to and find out how, it, how, it, how you're managing to do this and how it's all going. So, so Joe, can you just, before I ask lots and lots of questions about what it's like boarding in lockdown, could you just give me a small introduction to Sidcot School itself, please? Yeah, absolutely. So Sidcot School is in um, the southwest of England in North Somerset. Beautifully placed, um, fantastic views looking over the Mendip Hills. Um, it really is a wonderful um, country location. Um, it's day and boarding school. We're in all through schools. So we start with our nursery at age three and go all the way through to age 18. Although our boarders would start um, at age 11. Um, the boarding community make up about a third of the school. So in total, we're looking at about 520 in the whole school. Um, and it really is um, an international boarding house. I think we currently draw on about 30 different countries and uh, nationalities we're a Quaker school so I don't know if you know much about Quakerism but essentially it's a values um, driven um, school and we very much focus on equality peace uh, speaking truth to power sustainability and simplicity and I'm just quite proud of myself because I've just remembered all those and the other thing that we do as well is that we our motto is to live adventurously and, I, and you know we really promote outdoor learning here and outdoor education as well. Yes I really like that uh, strap line on your logo um, I think think that's that's very strong too so okay so take me back now to the shocker the shocker that was the 4th of January in the evening where we all thought we were going back to some sort of staggered school start and then suddenly Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, said no, all schools are closing from tomorrow. 
Yeah, do you know, it's given me goosebumps, you just saying all that again, and I can't quite believe it, it's not even a month ago, is it? Um, so yeah, we, we knew we knew that something was, was going to happen, we knew we had to be agile, and that's been our approach all the way through, really, because we've always wanted to uh, meet the needs of the families, of the borders, and do what we can to stay open. So we didn't have a lot of time, did we? I don't think any schools had a lot of time, so we had to think quite quickly, but... Um, really it goes back to the fact that we decided not to close at Christmas so we decided to run a program called Christmas at Sidcart um, and I'm sure Amandine will be able to tell you something more about that later but um, and that meant that we had 27 um, students of ours who decided to stay over Christmas um, and um, so therefore we had 27 borders whatever um, and that meant that we were keeping the boarding house open that was our promise to parents that we put no pressure at all throughout the year on them having to travel home and that we would keep them here and keep them safe as possible and minimize risk where we could um, and therefore we just strongly encouraged everyone to come back and and, and the boarding was business as usual um, and so that that's what happened really now we have 84 students boarding students with us on site which is a really healthy number you know that's and Amazing. Yeah, it, it, it really is amazing number. yeah and and obviously we sort of were as I said having to be very agile in our approach and just try and stay ahead of the game knowing what was going to happen what we were allowed to do what weren't we allowed to do what was government guidance going to say um but essentially it was we were trying to bring together um a household of 84 you know young people plus staff um we were very keen as well to protect those borders who had stayed for Christmas at Sidcot because we felt that the 27 of them, they hadn't travelled in order to minimise risk. And we didn't suddenly want to put them in the middle of all these um, people that were coming back from all over the place. So we did have students flying in and we also had students who um, came from different areas of the UK where they had been staying with guardians over the Christmas period. So it was it was tough. It was we were the first two weeks um, seemed endless. We we were juggling lots of different balls we were uh, we had quarantine we had quarantine going on in three different locations of the school for students who'd flown in again we'd planned for that before the christmas holiday we knew that we were going to have um, a boarding house with 16 girls in who were in quarantine we had another house with um, six boys in who were quarantined and we had another corridor that we were able to separate from um, everywhere else in, within a boarding house which again had four borders on it so we've, I think all the planning that had happened before Christmas enabled us to just follow through with what was happening in January. And you did it very well by the sounds of it I mean we have several students who are with you and um, reports from our local coordinator for Sidcot School Alex are that they feel very safe you know, they feel really secure and they're, they're having a, a, a good time, which is um, great in the circumstances. Yeah, and I think and that, and that is that is true. And we'll talk obviously more about how they are at the moment. Um, and I think really for me, it was because we would put all the planning in place um, before Christmas and we knew we were managing quarantine, um, etc. And so we, we were confident that we could bring this community back together again in a safe way. And we spent two weeks doing that. We initially we put into place our own um, quarantine, which we put on our um, UK borders who were coming back. Well, not the UK borders, but the borders who 
had stayed in the UK the Christmas. Um, so that within houses, they were in very tight little bubbles of two or three. We put them all in individual rooms if we could. Um, so we kept the Christmas bubble as one bubble and they were able to carry on using um, the school facilities as they had been doing all over Christmas. And the others, we just took time over it. Um, and um, yeah, and we, we, we managed to do it. You know, we're really proud of ourselves. And actually now they are just one big bubble. They are our boarding bubble on site. Um, and that has obviously meant, as you alluded to them, having a good time that they can be together and so you know if you're going to be stuck anywhere for a lockdown you know I would genuinely suggest doing it in a boarding school um, they're having um, you know a far better time and a lot more socializing than you know than my own children who are you know at home and away from all their friends so it's actually a really it's a positive story and we're really proud to be able to tell it yes I think that's fantastic and Amandine obviously uh, you are there you're the head of this thing so you're leading this this group this this bubble um at the moment well i'm lucky um we have a great team uh, boarding team and uh, we are being supported by um joe who's um, um also overseeing uh, the whole process and uh, what we learned very early on as well is to actually listen to the children as well we have children who come from areas where they have had to deal with um, similar issues in the past. I'm thinking of our Hong Kong students. So very early on, back in March, uh, when uh, for a lot of people in England, wearing a mask was something quite strange. Our boarders were very keen for us to straight up put, put that in place. And we uh, we are a school we, which prides in listening to our students. And that was uh, something that was uh, very positive as well. The fact that the, the boarders felt that it could also be part of the process um, of how we're all going to deal with uh, the situation, how we're going to manage it. Um, and even now, um, I think if we just switch the television off, um, a lot of the borders wouldn't even tell you that there's something going on in the world as such, because as far as they're concerned, they're still at school, they're still having lessons online, but uh, we're able to offer lessons in, um, in the library and in different classrooms. Um, again, online, we don't have teachers coming in, but we're able to facilitate where they go and study. Um, and some of them have the possibility to stay in the boarding houses and study in their bedrooms, um, which they would normally do anyway as sixth formers. So for them, not a lot has changed in that respect. And also, they're still all together which is something they're used to, to, to being anyway, um, a big group of boarders um, living the boarding life. So um, I think it, it would be slightly different for um, day students, but as far as our boarding community is concerned, this is something that they were prepared to do anyway when they moved from their country all the way to England, and now they're just one big happy family. I know it sounds very corny, but um, I'd like to think that's the case. Um, especially, you know, for me and my husband as well. Um, and I think for a lot of the boarding staff, we are all living it together. Uh, so, yeah, I do, I do mention the word family and, and I do mean it as well. Joe, is there anything that you want to add? Well, yeah, I just think as well, you know, we've because we've got the wonderful facilities at school as well that we've, we've kept open. So there's a swim twice a week. They can go to the gym on a rotor, obviously following all the um, health and safety guidelines that have been put in place for, for, for us to manage this in COVID times. There's basketball in the evening. There might be football in the evening. All this is still going on. They're not allowed to leave the school site. That's obviously something that we have put in place because it's a lockdown. So usually they would have an opportunity to go down to the village to the um 
facilities that, that, that are there, for example, the small supermarkets. But even though within COVID law, you could go for a necessity uh, for essential items, we're not allowing that. But instead, we're bringing the essential items to them if they need it and making the most of online shopping for them as well. So, um, yeah, so on site, and, and I would just give an example in lunch, you know, the, the headmaster and I go and we lunch with the boarders every day. And, um, you know, today I was looking over at a table. We had, there were four lads on it, six formers, one from Mexico, one from Italy, um, one from Hong Kong and one from Switzerland. And they were just giggling and giggling and giggling. And I just thought, you know what? They really are having a lovely time. And it's business as usual in terms of, of, of how they are at school. Obviously, the online learning being slightly different. Well, yes, but how great that you've done this for them because otherwise they would have had to have be, uh, I mean, not that it's awful being in a host family, but we, you know, we have quite a few students who had to go to host families um, and also, or didn't come over um, and had to return back if they were in transit or didn't come over at all. And they're sort of stuck at home um, online learning without that, that sort of collaboration and, and that, that boarding environment that they that's why you know a big part of why they're here isn't it Amandine what what did you do you yeah I think I think we we learned a lot from the very first lockdown where obviously all our borders went home um and the place was completely empty and we relied uh, entirely on online um services to be able to even communicate with our borders I'm not talking about lessons here I'm talking about the pastoral care even though I know that they were home with their parents but to them it really felt like they hadn't had the time to actually say goodbye to each other one day they were here and the next they were gone and I think that's why we were so keen as well to make sure that the house uh, remained open during the holidays to um, to make sure that they didn't have that feeling again of I'm gonna go but am I going to be able to come back um, so we had people who couldn't go home who were um, with homestays for months during the first lockdown. And that's yeah. something that I think boarders have learned from. And now that's why they're so keen um, to, to be able to stay in school um, and remain with their friends. That is, that's been a big part of how they have managed their um, mental health and their well-being. Yes. Um, I just wanted to ask, you know, some tech, because I, I, I try to imagine, you know, I'm, you're telling me how it's working. So um, this will keeping it COVID safe. Are you using the lateral flow tests then? Do you test? Um, Joe, do you, do you know? Are you yeah, sort of managing that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we were told, weren't we, just before or as we broke up for Christmas, that there'd be lateral flow testing in schools. Yeah. Um, and that was something that, you know, all the tests arrived on that Monday that then Boris announced that the schools were closing. And so very quickly we had to get our heads around, how do we even administer them? Um, because we knew that we wanted to laterally flow test the borders. We wanted to laterally flow test them twice. Um, and the ones, once they came out of quarantine, we wanted to test them as well. So we had various uh, tests that we needed to do. So first of all, getting our head around it was uh, the initial sort of fun and games but we did um our and health center these are the tests that are saliva tests and they the results come back in about 30 minutes is that correct yeah yeah, yeah so essentially you swab yourself like you do if you go for the pcr test so you put the swab down 
you know, five seconds on each side of your throat and then up your nose. So it's very similar to the the other test if you've done a COVID test before at the, at the sites. So, yeah, so you do that, but you do have the result within um, 25, 30 minutes. Um, and then you can obviously respond to that. So, but, but putting that into place, I mean, I had a massive shout out for our nurses. They were absolutely fantastic. A team of three, but we've actually got a team of four now um, because we were due to have a new nurse start anyway. And, um, you know, they were brilliant. Suddenly we had to set up a COVID testing centre and you know we were all there in full PPE it even seems like it was ages ago now doesn't it yeah. Andy? but um, yeah we were in you know in full PPE administering it getting them to register on the website that's always a palaver and then you've got to uh, get all that bit right and scan your barcode in and go with it and the kids were brilliant and um, yeah so that's that, that's obviously we've done that as part of our safety measures they're not 100% accurate accurate we know that um, however on um when our borders came back and there was a couple of borders who came back from the UK, they'd actually been staying in London and they came up positive on it. And then suddenly, <laughs> so, so suddenly we were in a position where we were doing these tests and we were happy that we knew what we were doing. And then we just looked went to have come up positive and they've come from the UK. And, uh, and there was a little bit of me that always thought if someone were going to come up positive, it might just be someone who'd been in the UK and not the ones who've flown in from around the world. So, yeah. So do you know what? It's one of those moments. I've decided I quite I thrive on these sort of moments. I've, I've decided I quite enjoy them because you've certainly got to think on your feet, get it all sorted. Of course, we thought it may happen. Um, but the reality is then suddenly you, you obviously once you've got the result of the lateral flow test, you then have to get it confirmed through the PCR test. So you then have to book them on for the other tests and then that requires someone to drive them um it we have to inform parents we suddenly had to isolate um half a boarding house so the one of our boys houses wing it's very easy to split there's an old old side and a new side and so suddenly we literally split the house in half um, and you can totally separate them and then new wing became sort of like our covid corridor our covid uh, area um, and fortunately, if it was going to happen in any boarding house, it was the best boarding house for it to happen in because they have ensuite bedrooms. Huh. So that was so easy, so easy just to say, right, stay in that room. Then obviously you've got that we had a 48 hour wait for it to, to come back with the result uh, to confirm it. It confirmed it as positive. But, the, you know, these 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 children were asymptomatic. They did not have a clue that they had it. But it enabled us, obviously, to separate them, isolate them off for 10 days. And, you know, again, massive thank you to the, the boys housemaster, because um, suddenly he was then in charge of looking after these boys. Didn't question it. He really didn't question it. And he was there pushing the trolley up and down the corridors, taking them food. So, you know, we had to then organise it. All the food gets taken there. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a big job. But you know what? We did it. Yeah. And so you managed to contain that those two students that tested positive, they were contained, they were quarantined, and no yeah. one else caught it. Which... Well, two, day, two days later, we had someone else come up positive on the lateral flow. That, again, was someone who'd stayed in the UK, different area completely. But yet again, we just clicked in, right, it's come up positive, right, isolation, et cetera, et cetera. So, and yeah, we managed to contain it to just those three. And then the, 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 the students, the boarders who had been in the same boarding house as them even though we had fortunately kept them all 
pretty separate from the start they all then then the seven day lateral flow testing kicked in so we were then having to every day test a certain group of people for seven days on the trot but yeah but that's it as I said it all seems like a long time ago now that we were managing that and you know the boarding staff have been amazing because suddenly you know whereas we had two members of staff who were potential um, close contacts so we said to them you isolate as well and just for we wanted to go on really on the side of caution we did yeah. not want this suddenly to be across everyone um and so suddenly we were staff members down we had staff running quarantine houses which we wouldn't normally have you know people have put in some hours to make this work but it was so worth it and once we'd gone through that initial 10 day two week period you know we're now seeing the fruit of all that hard work because we've got the community safe um covid free and and that's why we can now live this sort of covid free um household life that we've got yeah I mean I know what you mean by thriving on sort of emergency <laughs> situations and having to think on your feet because I'm a little bit like that too um but you do sort of need you know you need somebody like you that's positive sort of almost positive about it um to sort of sort these things out and, and have such a sort of positive outcome that you now feel you're not it's not some big mystery about how it all happens and what you have to do. You've had a practice run. Hopefully it won't happen again, but <laughs> if and when it does, you're there, you're ready. And everyone else in the school should feel very safe that, that you'll yeah. act quickly and you're in control of it. Do you agree, Amandine? I mean, I, I do, I do agree completely. And also credit to the borders. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better bunch of, borders to be with um, in a time of crisis because I have to say when you have to manage so many different um, areas and things going not always you know as you'd planned um, the borders obviously realize that there's something that you know we do talk every day to them and and bless them they are the ones going is there anything we can do to help actually what about doing this that and the other I think it's brilliant so it really feels like we're all one big team it's not just staff and borders we're all all you know living it together um That's everyone fantastic. um you touched a little bit Amandine earlier about the the mental health side of mm -hmm. things because um we all know that uh these situations can have a negative effect on on our mental health we're all cooped up at home working from home and it's very strange times um what sort of how are the students doing in terms of their mental health and what Sidcot and you what are you doing to sort of keep an eye on them and make sure I mean it's it was children's mental health day wasn't it yesterday so yes it's very much in our thoughts at Brightworld as well as to all these kids sort of in these strange situations and how they're coping well I've been here 20 years and I think for most of my time we've dealing with teenagers you've got the teenager who's really keen and who wants to go out and do stuff and then you've got a teenager who just wants to stay in his room and be on his laptop so for a lot of them actually being told you've got to stay inside wasn't too much of an issue uh it's actually it's going to be good for you you need to go out and like really but now i finally have a reason to actually be able to stay uh why why are you making me go out um i think in the long run they realize actually it's okay for a few days but when it goes on and on um, they're keen to actually do things um, and uh, that's why at the weekend we've had uh, last weekend we all tried a bit of archery um, and we we I will quote Joe who called it compulsory fun 
And uh, when I sent the uh, message around to the borders, they all looked at me like, what are you talking about? But actually, it was indeed compulsory, but it was definitely fun. Um, and so much so that we've got a second session on Saturday and we've had people who've actually now this time volunteered to go back and uh, do a bit more archery. So um, it was a worry for us. What is it going to be like, especially after the very first lockdown, which, as I said, was a bit more traumatic in terms of um, having to just leave and uh, including for our borders who were not going to come back in year, you know, the year 13, so we'd left all this stuff. And then suddenly they were gone and then the year 12 couldn't say goodbye. Um, so this time I think they're all more equipped um, in, in dealing with um, the, the, the fact that they've got less, um, I would say, freedom that they would have had. Um, they can't go down the hill, but again, very quick at saying, well, is there anything that you know you can do to help us? Of course, yeah, let's organize stuff for you. Let's have more takeaways. Let's have um, more activities as a house. We've always had loads of activities anyway, but it's even more so important now that we make sure that they feel that there's even more going on uh, so they don't get bored. Um, and as I said, the ones who loved being in their rooms uh, are really enjoying the moment. Um, but equally, those who were keen to be outside can now also um, help us as well make sure that everybody else is is getting involved um joe yeah just um touching upon that sort of mental health and well-being as well just to give you an example lana i popped up into um the girl's house earlier because um in fact i was giving out some vouchers for our coffee shop to some of the students who'd helped us with our virtual open morning and i went into the office and uh, one of the uh girls was trying to teach Amandine a dance on TikTok and I can tell you that's just great for mental health that the the kids <laughs> love the fact that people are prepared to put themselves out there so um, it was certainly entertaining that that that's for sure um and then obviously you've said it's uh, sorry I want to see that video oh. yeah I do <laughs> She showed the one last week to a whole P less than uh, to her P class so I am now famous <laughs> but again it's down to I think what I'm trying to say is it's down to those um, strong relationships isn't it between the staff and it's about knowing your students it's about knowing um, if they're not right it's about picking up isn't it on the, those details and, and that just comes through the pastoral care system as a school as well we are celebrating that you know this whole week child mental health um, Wednesday we've gi we're giving all the students the afternoon off so that they can do something that they feel is good for their own mental health um, and that's for day students and boarders. Um, the tutors are putting forward, uh, the, the boarders have day tutors so they'll be seeing their tutors twice a day anyway virtually and um, you know we're using all the resources and things that are out there as well but um, yeah essentially for me I think with mental health it's about knowing when someone's not quite right it's knowing when it's just a, it's it, yeah something's not right with them and then it's responding and how you pick up to that quite quickly and that all goes down to the strong relationships that the house staff and boarding staff have with the with the students. That sounds fantastic now half term as I know as a guardian, um, it's approaching fast. Um, what's Sidcot's stance on this? Because obviously you've been working really hard. Uh, normally you would now, Amandine, Joe, you would have a break for half term. Remember yes. what that was like? Um, well, so what is happening this half term? Are you closing the school so the students have to leave or? Can they stay in school? 
Lana, I, I can't quite believe you even asking us that. I know. <laughs> no, as I said at the start, that we've done everything this year, so there is absolutely no pressure on any family to feel that their child has to move. And yet that is different. And of course, in normal circumstances, um, you know, we would close at the, the, the breaks and, that, and that's very welcome. However, we are not running it ourselves. Um, February half term, neither did we manage October half term. Um, the only holiday that the six staff actually got involved with the Christmas at SIGCOT because we just felt that was a special a really special time and and that in the end was staffed by all volunteers we didn't have to twist anyone's arm just to come in we all did a couple of days or three days and that's how we got through Christmas so it wasn't um, it wasn't onerous and it wasn't a massive um, task for anyone really because we shared it out as a team but this February we have um, the company um, academic camps who use our school facilities normally in holidays to run their own camps they okay. are coming in they're coming in to look after them for us which is what they did at October and uh, yeah and then obviously we'll be open at Easter as well and uh, May half term if required oh that's good yeah I was going to ask about Easter um, as well because obviously Right, so the next question leads to Easter, sort of around it. When are schools going to open? I know you don't know, but when do you think? Do you think they will open on the 8th of March? Um, personally, no. Um, but I think I'm going to go for the 22nd of March, and I think it will be a staggered return. There you go. That's my prediction, <laughs> based on hope. <laughs> Does the 22nd of March, doesn't that coincide with the beginning of the Easter holiday? No, not yet. I think we're going a bit longer, we are. We go until April. Okay. So um, you'd have, would you have some students coming back early then to quarantine? The borders, yeah. If we, if what, as soon as we know what the date is, and obviously they've promised, haven't they, two weeks to, to schools yeah. to know. We already know we have borders who are inquiring that they would like to, if, if the school's open, they want to come back for that open date. And can they come 10 days before to quarantine? And of course, the answer is absolutely yes, we will do it. It's fantastic the way that you have answered all the questions that parents have, you know, ahead of time. Um, you know, having worked in sort of British education, you know, promoting British education for far too many years, I know what a great reputation British education has. But this pandemic has really made those schools who have got this welcoming attitude, this can-do attitude, um, it's really made them shine. Um, and to be there you know, and to have already thought about Easter, to have already thought about May half term for your parents must be so reassuring for them um, that, you know, it's just really, really impressive. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sort of for doing that, not just for your students, but for sort of the, 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 the reputation of the British education and the boarding school sector. It's, it's really great. Amandine, are you are you going to start crying in a minute? Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to. <laughs> now, I was, I, was just, I was just thinking when you said, you know, it's great that we were um, opening for Easter, and this is a decision that was made back in August. Yes. That regardless, you know, we will see how it goes because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with the virus. But regardless, our main um, um, goal was to make sure that the borders were able to stay for their own sanity. 
really. Absolutely. So that was something that we decided back in August. It's for a reassuring pathway through the academic year, isn't it? Should they need it? And to know that, yes. as you say, Joe, there's no pressure on anyone to leave, go home, etc. And, and I think, Lana, on that point, you know, we recognise that for some of these young people, some of them have not been back home since the first lockdown. You know, they didn't go home in the summer. They didn't go home at Christmas. And, you know, this is a tall order for our young people. Um, so, yeah, we need to do all we can through this pandemic to make it as easy as possible for them and their families. Um, but, you know, and recognising at the same time that, you know, they, they need to be really well looked after as well. And, you know, and that has to carry on through the holidays as well, because, um, you know, it's so important for for them it's important for us that they they feel that you know we we understand you know just some empathy with what they're going through of course we don't really understand you know we're not 15 and a a super long way from home but they are um I think as well you were saying about the communication I think you know communication is a really tricky one because particularly when we're working environment where often we don't find things out to the last minute so I think our attitude has very much been let's let's plan what we can plan um and then hopefully that makes it easier when there are things that we're having to do last minute and you know get that message out there to the parents they we brought them with us every single step of the way as uh, as you alluded to that you've seen the communications and and for example tomorrow we're doing um a webinar with all our hong kong families um and also for some students are still over there and they're planning on coming back after half term so we're just putting the plans around now and uh, finalising the plans around managing their quarantine when they arrive. So, you know, some of those kids, their flights, their flights were cancelled, weren't they, last minute? They, there was nothing they could do. But um, and I think it with in terms of sort of the style of education, of course, we're not doing face to face teaching. We can't do that. We do offer the online learning and we pull the borders together and some are in classrooms, some are in the library um, for that experience. And, um, you know, there's the advantage of being in the same time zone by them being here. But but that's not to say the ones that haven't made it back. You know, they're still receiving a really high quality online learning offer. Um, But I think, yeah, and and, and, but I think what Amandine and I are experiencing and feeling and seeing on a day to day basis that actually the main advantage of coming back is that you can be around, you know, your boarding family, you can be around your friends. And, you know, and that is what I think young people are craving, young people who are stuck in bedrooms at homes, trying to do online learning, not seeing anyone, not allowed to go out, not allowed to socialise. You know, this goes against everything that that we want naturally as, as human beings isn't it really yes and Amandine anything sort of close up, close the podcast today anything else you would like to to say oh, well, I, I just wanted to mention Christmas um, at Sitcot simply because I had the best holiday um, I wasn't able to go home my, my husband couldn't go home either uh, we're both from abroad and suddenly we're spending Christmas with the boarders uh, most of them who don't normally spend Christmas um, anyway will celebrate it so that was quite an education for all of us really um, and we're looking forward to celebrating Chinese New Year next week as well I think yes. we are making everything if Christmas is normally big it was 10 times bigger than it would normally be and same for next week in Chinese New Year we will make it as big as we can to make sure that people um, don't miss home because there will be a time where they will they will start thinking about home of course they you know they never stop thinking about home but it's how do you make sure that actually um, as a school as a boarding community you all get together and and we have 82 boarders uh, sorry, 72 boarders staying uh, in February for half term. So that it will be a big party, which is allowed um, because we're one big bubble 
and uh, yeah that will be fantastic fantastic well thank you so much to both of you for joining me today and for such a great insight into what boarding in lockdown is like um and as I say, we, we remain so impressed with the way SIGCOT is managing the situation and treating students so well, um, giving out clear and positive messaging and, inf- and all the information that you're sending out on a regular basis. So please keep that up. I know you will. And uh, thank you so much. So, so I'll say goodbye and thank you very much. And, and we'll chat again soon, I hope. Thank you, Lana. Thank you so much for letting us tell our story. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Bright Sounds, a podcast from Brightwell Guardianships. If you're interested in finding out more about anything we've discussed today, please visit our website, www.brightwellguardianships.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more. Bright Sounds is available as a podcast on major podcast platforms or by subscribing directly to us on Podbean. Please look forward to more fascinating interviews and discussions with our Brightwell team and expert guests. Take care and we'll hear from you at our next Bright Sounds podcast.